subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Chuck, I really enjoyed Cam Ball last night. I thought he was a, a the funniest player to date at this point. But I, I did learn a lot from Isaiah Satania and Max Fletcher's kind of journeys last night. They're interesting guys. You know, that team and all teams are like this. I mean, everybody's got a story, you know, and some of them are more interesting than others. And, you know, those were two last night that had interesting stories. And I can't imagine what it must be like to be 18, 19 years old and move from Australia uh, to Fayetteville, <laughs> Arkansas. I just can't imagine what that must be like. But he's handled it all very well. And, of course, Isaiah, you know, from right here in our, uh, here in our own backyard, he, so many have followed him since, you know, he was really young. And um, just a, just an interesting conversation with both of them. I enjoyed it a lot. Max talked about year one to year two. Here, here's what he kind of spoke to on that. Absolutely, yeah. I think everything was just so new to me. Especially last year, just I think last year was the first game was against my brother, so that was pretty, you know, pretty special. And I wouldn't think that my first game would be against my brother, especially from being from Australia. But I think just having a routine and you know, just everything's just so new to me. But the more I'm here, you know, the better it's gotten. You know, I'm very grateful for the position I'm in. And he's really underselling himself. So last year he split time with Reed Bauer. This year he is top five in the country. He went from averaging 38 yards a punt last year to 48 this year. So I know we, I know football, and, and we credit the offense, we credit the defense, but those two, specifically with Cam Little, have been great this year. Well, you know, one thing about Fletcher, and if you think about it, it makes sense. You know, you've got a kid that has literally moved around the world, mm-hmm. and, you know, you these guys aren't robots. And so I think as he's become more settled here, um, I think you've seen his performance improve. And I'll tell you right now, he's – now, what he's doing in the games right now, he's done in practice from the minute he got here. It just did not translate into the games last year. You know, he said something last night. He said before he came and played for the Razorbacks, you know, when he was playing in Australia, Australian rules football, he said the most people that ever came to a game were probably 50. You know, 50 people. And then he's like running through the A, and there's 75 out there. And every move he makes is being discussed on talk radio and written about and on the internet. And I mean, I'm sure he was overwhelmed, you know. And so this year, I think he's probably a little bit more accustomed to our customs, and he's able to perform and got to be happy for it. He had uh, that one bomb, or actually had a couple bomb in the Texas A&M games. And Tommy, you were speaking to him, not really letting Kool Aid McKinstry last week get anything going. I know Anaya Smith took that one back, but that was more on the coverage than I would say it was on Max at that point. That's the important part of his job is to not let one of the opponent's best players get his hands on the football. And for the most part, with the exception of that A&M comeback, he's done that this year. 
Well, that was the whole j- job I thought last week, more than yardage and field position. Don't let McKinstry, uh, you know, get the ball. And you think, well, you just, it's just easy. You just kick it over there. You just kick it over there. Well, that's not, that, that just sounds real easy to sit here and talk about. But that angle kick towards the sideline, there's there, there's a lot of practice and skill. And, and I, I relate a lot of things to golf. But, I mean, you, you say, well, I'll just, I'll just cut it left to right and put it right over there. You know, well, that sounds real simple till you're standing over the ball. Sounds real simple till you got, you know, 280-pound guys running at you trying to bust the, the protection in front of you. And then to put it where he did, Chuck, the last thing you needed was a backbreaker with McKinstry getting loose. And I thought that was as critical as the field position yardage he gained you last week. He never he never let uh, McKinstry really have a, 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 a crack or any daylight. And he talked about that last night. He talked about how, you know, last year McKinstry brought one back. And he mm-hmm. didn't want to let that happen again. And so, yeah, I think that's, you know, ball placement's huge. Lots of times people think that, you know, hey, you just snap it back at the punter and he kicks it as far as he can. You know, they've got zones. There's, there's, and, and some of this is related to the call and the coverage. And, you know, it's not like, hey, we're going to kick it and you other 10 run down there, find the guy with the ball and tackle him. It's, it's, um, it looks sometimes that simple, but, um, there's there's a lot to that, and there was a lot to it on Saturday, and he got some good rolls, and the way he kicks the ball lends itself to good rolls, and so you're you're unless he's trying to make a divot, you know, which sometimes you do, um, you know, when you're trying to pin him, but unless he's trying to make a divot, he generally gets that forward roll. It's like our, our golf swings where most of the time we're not trying to make divots, but every once in a while it happens to that point. We just hit it fat. Ty. Yeah, that's all. That we is we don't make a divot. We just hit it fat. That is very true. Now, yeah. th- there are... Yeah, the divot's supposed to be on the green, not on yeah. the uh, fairway. <laughs> not on the fairway. But Chuck, you mentioned again, 50 was the most that actually watched him back in Australia. A little different when there's near 70,000, 100,000 in Tuscaloosa. He also spoke to kind of the differences in rules. Oh, yeah. I don't mean, we got taught, but I had no idea what was... To be honest, I had no idea what was going on when I got here. I'm going to be honest. That was me trying to decipher last night the differences between Australia and America. Chuck, did you learn anything from talking to him last night? No, 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 not much other than the ball shaped a whole lot different. You know, I hadn't really thought about that. You know, we we just assume that every football out there is like an American football, and Mm -hmm. it's not. Uh, the ball that he was accustomed to kicking was much more like what I guess would be described as a rugby ball than an American football. So, you know, it's uh, it's a lot different. But you know, that's it's it's interesting that this academy over there in Australia, um, they're pretty good at getting guys scholarships in the United States as punters, and they put some of them in the NFL. I think they they've had five or six Ray Guy Award winners. Mm-hmm that have uh, gone through their program. So, um, and of course his dad was played professionally in Australia for, you know, over 20 years and his brother's a kicker at Cincinnati or a punter at Cincinnati. I'm sorry. So, you know, this is, uh, literally in his blood and he's, uh, been doing it since he was young. And this is, uh, this is a channel for a lot of those kids to come to the United States and, play college athletics and get educations and perhaps have the opportunity to play professionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you mentioned Isaiah Satania being there. Well, it's two different parallels, right? You got this kid from Australia that's never been to the United States, much less Arkansas, and then a kid that grew up in her own backyard. I, you asked him an important question 
last night that I thought was key. Did you go out on the field that night? Yes, sir, I did. <laughs> <laughs> that was in reference to the Texas win two years ago. A little backstory on Isaiah. He wasn't committed initially to Arkansas. In fact, he was committed to, at one point to both Oregon and then A&M, and then ultimately winds up committing and signing with the Razorbacks. For me, the guys that I've talked to, Chuck, you probably had the same, Tommy, you same, there's usually that one moment or one game that changes a kid's life. For me, it was 2002, Miracle on Markham, Matt Jones throwing the back of the end zone to Corey Birmingham. From that moment on, I was a Razorback fan through and through. For Isaiah, I mean, he's spoken to this before. That was a key moment for him deciding on Arkansas was that Texas win being in Donald W. for that atmosphere that night. No doubt. And I think for a lot of people, it cemented things, whether you were a recruit or, you know, just a fan. I mean, as, as you said, it was one of those moments, one of those moments we all remember forever. And I'm sure that it did have a have a big effect on him. I thought what both those kids said yesterday um, to the media and then on the program last night, and I want to point to this because I think it, 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 it goes to the heart of what's going on with this team right now. You know, Isaiah Satania last night on the show said, I came to Arkansas because of Sam Pittman. said it point blank. Fletcher said yesterday, Sam Pittman changed my life. He didn't just say, you know, gave me a chance to play college football. He said, changed my life. He's still got this football team. And these two guys are representative of where this team is psychologically right now. And that's why I've not thrown in the towel. That's why I don't think that this thing's completely lost like a lot of people do. He still has this team. That's what gives them a chance. It's what gives them a chance Saturday. And if they win Saturday, that's a big if. I understand. But if they win Saturday, they've got an opportunity to get on a run. You have to keep your team. I'm just going to be very honest with you and tell you, I saw a few years back a coach lose his team. In fact, he probably lost his team before this point in the season, to be real blunt about it. And when you lose your team, you have no chance. I mean, you have no chance. And what happens at that point is things spiral. And we've seen it a couple of times over the last eight, nine years. We've seen it spiral right at the end because the coach lost the locker room. Um, Sam Pittman's not lost his locker room. And I think what those guys said last night, um, that's what I heard above all the things they said yesterday and last night. That's what I heard because I think it, I think it goes to, again, to the heart of where this team is right now. And Sam spoke to that at the noon media session that he, he said he had learned in his experience. I don't know if we have this audio tie, but it was critical to, to hold on to the things of the expectations and the things that make your team up. And, you know, whether it's going to class or whether it's your workouts, the things that, that are important to your team. Uh, the things that you've told guys, you, you know, are going to, you know, regardless of their their status on the team, you can't let go of those. That's how you don't lose a team in a moment like that. He went into to greater detail than that, but you know, he, he spoke to it to this a lot yesterday. You know, at noon, and um, it is about hey, when things aren't going right record wise, that doesn't mean that hey, we're going to let this slide or hey, if this key player doesn't make study hall, we're not going to run him or whatever. Those things you got to keep intact. That's how you hold on to guys. He basically paraphrasing. Just because we're losing doesn't mean you can slack off in school. Yeah, is what yeah, he said. I don't. Yeah, I, I, w- I don't have that. I got about twenty audio clips. That's one yeah. of them. I, I didn't get this. But he, he laid it out how you you know what Chuck's talking about and how how what his belief is and how you go about 
doing at least part of that job. And Chuck, on what you were talking about, uh, apparently, and I can't remember if Max said this or if Pittman said this last night, but in addition to how Sam Pittman changed his life, he also spoke to, so he has a bad game against BYU, right? He has a couple shanks. And then they run that fake in the game. And Max is like, that's, that's, one of the, that's the best moment of my life, is like getting that fake field goal against LSU. And again, college football changes week to week. And I thought that was interesting because he's at his lowest point after BYU getting thrashed on social media. And then he responds the following week with a, a critical fake situation. Hey, that's how it works. I mean, that's how it's going to work for the rest of your life, probably. You know, there's not going to be smooth sailing all along, and people are going to criticize you and judge you, and that's just how the world works. And you got to come back from that. And he did, and that's a good sign. Now, look, there's, I'm not sitting here saying that that makes a five-game losing streak palatable for people because I know better. Mm -hmm. Uh, But by the same token, what I'm saying is, is I think that psychology is what gives them a chance to turn this thing around still. Now, if they lose Saturday, it's it's going to be really hard. I mean, you know, we all have a pretty good idea about how things can happen, but um, that's what I think gives them a chance this week. Yeah, because, you know, we've, we've seen nothing on the field as far as effort level or how hard they're playing. Coach likes to use the word strain a lot, uh, particularly when he talks about linemen. There's been no evidence in the you – know, they haven't won, but there's been no evidence that – you know, this team's quit or laid down, and I think it just becomes a, a social media narrative, maybe to a degree a media narrative that they've lost the team. I'm not, you know, we've seen what losing the team looks like, as you talked about a few minutes ago, and th- there's there's no evidence that that's going on right now. Well, I think that becomes the narrative because we have seen it happen nope, so yeah, much before. Right. Just to be real honest about it, I think it's an easy narrative because it's generally around here been true. But I don't think that's happened yet. And uh, my sense is it's not going to. Well, just look at the games themselves. I mean, you're down 24-6 to in the second half in Tuscaloosa. You come all the way back to narrowly fall short. You're down 17-7 to against A&M. Snacks Johnson opens it up with the pick six. You're down to Ole Miss. You battle back, get a lead, lose it. And then you're also going back and you have the lead going in the half against LSU. You're battling back and forth. And the proof's in the pudding. What they have to do, again, is what we said all week. you got to find a way to win this game, whether it's the penalties, which wasn't a big issue last game, or it's the critical plays, or it's just what Pittman – I mean, Pittman was straightforward about it earlier this week. Guys just got to make plays. It's as simple as that in some cases. Well, I think one of the real keys this week is going to be from a defensive standpoint. We don't know yet what Mississippi State's going to do in terms of their quarterback. I've heard people that swear that they know – that say he's not going to play. I've heard others say that, you know, there's still a chance. They're very different in terms of the types of quarterbacks. And look, Will Rogers is number one because he's been the best quarterback there. Um, We've never heard of this other guy because he hasn't played. He transferred from Vanderbilt. So if particularly it's the backup, if they can get after this guy, if they can get after him and force some turnovers – um, I think they've got an opportunity to win this ball game. They got to win this game. They, they, you know, they've said that, and everybody understands what's on the line. If you're going to get on a run, it's got to start Saturday. You mentioned the two quarterback possibility. Coach Pittman touched on that yesterday. 
Here's what he said. With Will being more of a conventional drop-back passing type guy, he can run. And then Wright is a guy that can fly. You know, I, I can kind of relate a little bit. You know, we had Malik Hornsby last year, and then we had KJ. So there was two different type of offenses to prepare for. That's exactly, and without knowing who's going to play, it's a little frustrating because they're so both of them so special at what they do that you really need a week to prepare for either guy. That's why I think they've had some success by bringing in Wright, bringing him in during games. Chuck, you got a chance to catch up with the voice of the Bulldogs yesterday, Neil Price. What did he tell you about like the differences between those two outside of what Pittman just kind of touched on there? Well, pretty much the same thing, that you know, Rodgers is a guy who's going to throw it all over the place, and we know that. We've seen that. Uh, it's, it's not going to be like the air raid. You know, um, they run the football now, and, and that's uh, that's a big part of what they do in terms of trying to control the game. Um, but, you know, Wright's not a passer, generally speaking. I think he's, what, thrown 11, 12 times? I mean, he's, he's, he's not thrown much. He's a, a – you know, he just described it, I think, in, in terms Razorback fans could understand. Um, you know, when, when Arkansas had K.J. and Malik Hornsby, um, I think the comparisons are probably pretty similar. It would be kind of ironic if Rodgers didn't play this year with KJ not able to suit up this past season. It, it, it's kind of a bummer if that happens because two years ago, I mean, that was a great football quarterback duel that we saw in Fayetteville, and these guys might not get to play each other. Well, Phil, Phil was talking about this yesterday, and, and uh, I heard him talking about it on halftime, that you know Mississippi State's almost in the position this year that Arkansas was in last year. If Rodgers can't play, you've, you've basically got a role reversal. Uh, you've got a team going on the road without their starting quarterback. That's tough. I mean, I mean that's a tough deal. And, you know, I remember what happened last year in Starkville when Arkansas didn't have K.J. It was not pretty. And, you know, Mississippi State, I'm sure, you know, they're trying to avoid that. If Rodgers can't play, they're going to be trying to avoid that. I would expect Mississippi State, if Rodgers can't play, uh, you know, their M.O., I would suspect – is going to be to try to keep the ball out of KJ's hands and run the ball and try to control the clock and you know let their defense maybe win the game for him. In a perfect world, if Rodgers can't play, they'd probably love it to be 10-7. I don't think it's going to be like that, but mm-hmm. um, you know their game plan and what they do. Not only does Arkansas not know exactly what they're going to do, their offensive game plan is severely diminished if they've got to go from Rodgers to right. I mean, you know, there's just going to be things that they can do with Rodgers they can't do with this other guy. Arkansas's won two of the last three, but only two of the last six. And, guys, this is the uh, only going to be the second time in the last six years you played Mississippi State where they weren't ranked. I mean, I'm just looking through the series history, and, uh, you know, since 17, Arkansas's played a ranked Mississippi State team. This will be, I guess, the second time in seven years, Chuck, but State's, you know, pretty much been a formidable opponent for the you know better part of a decade. I was looking at this series, and you know, there was a period there where we dominated them. I mean, just dominated them in terms of wins. I think what ten, eleven in a row, something like that. Eleven to twelve between you know, maybe the late nineties and 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 up uh, up until maybe two thousand ten or eleven. Since then, it's kind of gone the other way. If my numbers are right, states won eight of the last eleven. And so you know, we talk a lot about. You know, what's the expectation of the fan base every year in terms of wins and things like that? If you're going to get to that, 
this is one of those schools you got to reverse those numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, let's just be frank. You got to reverse those numbers. Since since 2012, Arkansas has only won three times against Mississippi yeah, State. Yeah, three and eight, I think. Yeah, yeah three and, and eight. From 01 to 07, Arkansas won them all. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the overall record is uh, Arkansas leads at 18, 14, and one. But uh, that doesn't tell the story of the last 10 years for sure. See, here's the thing. When you look at Mississippi State, and, and I'm speaking real generally, and I don't, I don't mean this in a disparaging way at all, with the exception of the time that Leach was there, their identity has basically been the same. You know, they play great defense. They run the football. They try not to beat themselves. They're going to have a difficult time out-athleting teams like Alabama and some of the other elite teams in the SEC. But they're going to play a fundamentally sound game. Goes all the way back to when Jackie Sherrill was there. Um, and, you know, this, this team resembles that in, in, in many respects. I think, the you know, the thought always was that it's going to be a tough, hard-nosed game, but you're going to find a way to win. I think that's sort of what everybody's always thought. Everybody in the league feels that way about when they play Mississippi State. Um, this is going to be, I think, much more that kind of team than what we've seen the last four or five years. So they're going to kind of, they're going to try to control the ball. When you get the ball, you better take advantage of it. You better find a way to get some three and outs. Thus, the crossroads we all feel like we're at this weekend, win or lose. Also, and I've I haven't been the only one to say this i feel like of any fan base in the west maybe the east too this is the one you find the most commonality with i'm not the the first person i think clay was the one that initially said that but i mean i i enjoyed my time at starkville everyone was nice last year and i just think that there's a lot of similarities between the two programs when you stack them up together not just the the football programs but the identities too of kind of how fans present themselves with the exception of the cowboys chuck I'll take Northwest Arkansas over. Yeah, I'll. I mean, no disrespect to Starkville. I met some nice people there, but uh, I'll take Northwest Arkansas (laughs) ten days out of ten. Yeah, I like the Cotton District, but no, there's no, there's no comparison when you think about NWA and uh, and and the two at that point in time. But we got a big, uh, we get time. We got a big weekend in 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 Northwest Arkansas. We're going to be at the Stadium Shop on Saturday starting at 6 a.m. Then we'll also be at Lululemon tomorrow starting at 6 a.m. giving away 50 free pairs of ABC pants. The shockingly comfortable best pants out there. Well, I'm going to tell you, of, of the three of us, there's no question who's most excited about Lululemon. We're all excited, but I think Chuck's a little more giddy than the rest of us about getting to Lululemon's tomorrow. <laughs> Why do you say that? Well, I can just hear it in your voice. I mean, no, you've I been, you, you know, You've been studying the website. They so, are. Truly. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more Info. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McClarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McClarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. 
When you buy a vehicle with Bacardi Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. B says that uh, maybe Aaron Rodgers should use a dolphin tendon to, to help his recovery process on that. Alright, let's talk to our friend Tom Murphy this morning of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and Whole Hog Sports. Tom, Coach Pittman was talking about the openness to his comments earlier this week and and why they have to win this week. He spoke to the bowl game, but he also kind of was speaking to when guys are, when you're honest to guys, they, they end up performing their best. What, what, what did you think how he kind of framed why he was so open with them being what they are this week? Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, I don't know. Uh, I was asking him about that, and, I said, a lot of other coaches wouldn't do this. And he goes, yeah, I know. I say stupid stuff or whatever. I can't remember the exact words he used. But, um, no, I, I think he just feels like if he's open and he's honest with the guys, that um, um, it's it's a more, you know, trusting circumstance within the team. And, um, you know, he did this. Uh, I think it was the Mississippi State game two years ago where they were ready to get bowl eligible. Uh, and they had like LSU coming up, so on the road, so they wanted to get eligible quicker rather than later. And um, they they played a good game against Mississippi State. Um, came down to a, a, a late kick, you know, and uh, so that's his methodology for it. Um, it is a little different. It's it's certainly not coach speak, and so um, I don't know. I credit him for being real about that. So this is a, a matchup that K.J. Jefferson has played in a good chunk of them. I was reminded this week that in 2019, K.J.'s first action actually came against Mississippi State, and there was a great battle two years ago. It's Will Rogers. Even as Arkansas fans, don't you kind of want to see Rogers out there to see this final battle between these two quarterbacks? Well, you know, that's a good point, and uh, Will Rogers has certainly had a great career. Their raid was good for him with his passing numbers and they're certainly not doing that this year um i would like to see him i do not know what his status is um something about his shoulder and uh, i also don't know what woody mark's status is uh zach arnett has been very closed about that um you know kind of playing the old wait and see game but i, I would like to see it and yeah if, if you remember back it was feels like so long ago his first drive he had a huge run on it and he threw a pass kind of like a back shoulder um, throw, and Traylon Burks made a great catch on it, and then they scored a touchdown, and it was uh, it showed the promise to come for K.J. Jefferson and uh, what a career he's had at Arkansas. 
Tom Murphy with us on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. You touched on some of the Mississippi State injuries, and particularly Will Rogers. Coach went into a little detail. We know uh, Rocket Sanders is not going to play this week. Tom, give the audience a little update on all the things Coach went over uh, yesterday in the three media opportunities about injuries this week and some of the players on defense that may be back. Yeah, um, so many guys were dinged up um, in that Ole Miss game. Um, and, you know, the way Sam Pittman phrased uh, most of them, and I can't put them all in that category, but we're not sure, uh, you know, that you get daily evaluations, which, make it, which makes it sound like concussion protocol. But, I mean, you've got, you've got Dwight McLaughlin, who's been out since the second quarter against A&M. He might be back. Um, you got Jalen Braxton and Chris Paul and Cam ball and you know those guys all practiced to some degree this week so um that would certainly bolster the the cornerback rotation and you know of all the things that have happened with this team i gotta say what they've gone through at cornerback has been pretty amazing that they've kept up uh the same level of uh, performance or close to it um both of the touchdowns last week and one was on a safety and one was on a corner which sam Pittman said but he didn't call anybody out uh but um, they were both down the middle uh, type plays. And between what the performance they've had from McLaughlin and Jaheim Singletary, uh, who did have a rough game against LSU, um, but he's bounced back. And, and then you add Braxton into the mix, and you add uh, Keon Stewart in there. And it's been, it's been relatively solid. And so getting Braxton back would help. Obviously having Poopal back would help the linebacker situation, and then can ball as well at defensive tackle. Uh, the bulk of their issues have not been defensively this year. Uh, there's been a few periods of games, uh, you know, the second half against LSU and some periods of, of some other games, and the quick changes against BYU uh, went against them. But otherwise, defense has played pretty well this season. I think the other big thing this weekend, a coach kind of jokingly talked about reintroducing themselves to their Friday night home routine. They haven't done it in so long, but they're going to have coaches back out, seeing some of the kids around state play. Uh, They're going to be able to welcome recruits in that they haven't seen in weeks on campus. So, I mean, this game's big for a lot of reasons. They need to win, but it's also getting back into a routine that's been shelved for 35 days as well that uh, are important on these home games and these home weekends. Absolutely true. I mean, you don't often hear an Elvis Presley reference to being away from, you know, uh, your home stadium for uh, four weeks, but we got one yesterday, and uh, that's Sam Pittman in a nutshell. And, uh, yeah, all those things that you said come into play, and, uh, you know, reacquainting yourself with your prospects, showing them, hey, you know, this team's still together. I mean, last week's performance at Alabama, you need you need no further proof to say that the team's still trying and, and, and putting it out there uh, for each other more than the way they came back against Alabama. And um, that's another reason why Sam Pittman said just winning this game is is huge and they really need to win the game. Um, And and if the fans show up and um, do their thing and these recruits see it, you know, that's a net positive for this coaching staff and for the football program. Tom Murphy with us here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Tom, you mentioned trying. One of the other things you asked Coach about yesterday was trying the no huddle, and he kind of spoke to the idea of, well, we're not on the road, so we don't have to really deal with as much noise and the communication factor this week. We saw samples of it against Ole Miss in Alabama. How much do we see of it on Saturday? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, 
the uh, the up tempo. You know, Isaiah Satania was quite excited talking about it um, Tuesday night with us. That he said there were times Bama wasn't lined up, and they got some nice yardage plays just throwing the ball on the perimeter and throwing the bubble screen. So I think we'll see some of that. I think we'll see some of the more up tempo stuff. Uh, they've got to do something to to kickstart the offense. Um, you know, we were so used to in recent years seeing running plays that broke into the second level and making linebackers and safeties and stuff have to come up and tackle. And there just hasn't been a whole lot of that this year. And so getting the ball on the edges, going fast, um, anything they can do. Um, and I, I do believe that, that turnovers are going to be a big deal in this game that, you know, Arkansas has got to limit them to have a chance. And uh, if they can, if they can force a few, that would go a long way toward, you know, getting that, you know, elusive victory they've been missing. So with the success, you obviously comes trust. Isaiah catches that ball, great snag in the end zone. How much trust did he earn with Enos and the rest of that coaching staff last week with that snag? Well, yeah, it should be a lot because that was a that was a fastball. I mean, it was a hands catch over his shoulders, uh, just over the outstretched hand of a linebacker. And he secured the catch. And, you know, what we were told a few weeks ago, why we haven't seen more of Satania was, well, in practice there has been a few drops. Well, that you do it in a game, you're going to get more action. And I've been saying to you guys for weeks that we saw so much bubble screens and things like that for Satania during spring and fall. It's been a little bit surprising that we had not seen more to this point. Tom, we'll get you out of here on this one. Will Rogers has started 38 consecutive games at quarterback. It's the longest active streak at one school in the league for a starting quarterback. You know, 50 or so hours out from kickoff. Is is that the biggest question to be answered between now and kickoff as the starting quarterback at Mississippi State status? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a big question. And, and here's the thing. They're going to be a vastly different offense with Mike Wright if he doesn't play. And so Arkansas really had to kind of get ready for two different styles. So that's a big deal. Whether Dwight McLaughlin can play is a big deal. He's been such a good cover corner. And and then Woody Marks, what will his, you know, is, is he good enough to play? And if he is, how much can he go? It looked like it was an ankle or a foot on the sideline against Western Michigan. So uh, his status is big as well because he is truly one of the best backs in this uh in this conference. Tom, we'll leave it there this morning, man. We appreciate your time as always. See you on Saturday at Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. Man, it sure is nice to say that and not have to travel again this week. Oh, boy, that is so much the truth. It's been tough, man. We've had two drives and two flights, and it's just been a lot of travel every weekend getting ready to go. And So it's it's good to be home. See y'all. Enjoy your own bed. Tom Murphy and all of our guests join us on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Chuck, I mentioned Will Rogers' 38-game consecutive streak at starting uh, at quarterback at State. Mississippi State has also scored in 38 consecutive games. The last time they were held scoreless was by Bama back in 2020. In fact, uh, they've scored 10 or more points in 11 straight games. Uh, you know, this is going to be a day where uh, Mississippi State could find themselves in some uncharted territory in a while if, uh, if their starting quarterback can't go. Well, you know, I'm sure for them, and really, if you're from the outside looking in, that's the storyline, is is, is Rodgers going to play? Hey, a couple of points of what, uh, about what Tom was discussing there. The most important thing for Isaiah Satania is to gain the confidence of his quarterback. That's the most important thing. Um, and KJ, I think, is confident. 
that he can throw a pass like the one he threw Saturday in Tuscaloosa and Satania's going to catch it. That's the most important thing. A coach can think a player's got something in him, and, man, we sure would like to get him on the field some more. But if that quarterback doesn't have confidence in him, it doesn't matter. And I think the most important thing to come out of that is K.J. knows he can throw that ball to Satania now, and Isaiah's going to catch it. And the other thing when it comes to recruiting, um, you know, they're going to fan out tomorrow. And, you know, I know, for example, every time they've traveled, I mean, they've got coaches fanning out on Friday night. Uh, That process continues every single day. And so to be able to have a weekend now where you get reacquainted, and I think this will happen tomorrow if it's not happened already this week. You get reacquainted with your high school coaches in this state. You get reacquainted with your in-state kids. And you make certain when these recruits come in this weekend, they have the time of their lives because you've not had this opportunity in over a month. And it's the lifeblood of your program, and you've not been winning. So you need to make sure that all the bases are covered in that area over the next 48 hours or so. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. We know that sometimes coaches use the media to get to their players. Coach Pittman, when asked, again, why did you openly talk about having to win this week? Here was his response. I think we're a little bit better team when we're real. And the kids need to understand that. And like anything, I'm sure they watched. Our, my press conference and things of that nature and a lot of times we say things to you that we want to get back to the kids without us saying it to be perfectly honest with you and mm-hmm. we use the media in some aspects at times yeah that time we're being used we're being taken advantage of now <laughs> oh, it's just well, uh, we've said it for years now we're just uh, getting confirmation you know? i'm the coach i mean it's pretty honest about that sometimes it it echoes better i guess publicly than it does privately within that locker room well that's why i always say when a coach says something in a press conference you have to understand who he's talking to because it can be different every time it can be different over the course of 10 minutes you can be talking to you one minute talking to somebody else through you the next and good ones know how to do it yep and uh sam Pittman did that very thing yesterday uh we had a chance to catch up with max fletcher last night chuck i again enjoyed your conversation with him and isaiah satania also enjoyed his uh transition talk where he was coming again from australia gets a call from scott found at 3 a.m comes over a day or two later cam little picks him up the airport hey what max what was it like transitioning from australia to arkansas and 
college football. Absolutely. I mean, I think when I coached Brown Seals from Arkansas, I didn't really know what Arkansas was. I'm not, I'm not going to lie, but I had to search it up and see. I, you know, I obviously saw the stadium and it was pretty cool, but that was probably the biggest change for me. Just, you know, I didn't really have a good sense of college football. I mean, I did. I, you know, I sort of saw the, you know, the college playoff and things like that. But I think there was just so much difference, you know, in, you know, the culture and the people and especially, you know, big SEC football is a big change. But like I said, I was up for the change and, you know, here I am. So I'm very grateful. What do you all think his biggest transition was coming over here? Out of curiosity. I mean, I've grown up in Arkansas. I've lived in Arkansas my entire life with the exception of one year in Nashville, Tennessee. I mean, what? I'm not really unused to anything I see every day. Well, what do you think he was? What do you think he had to well, deal with? Well, Melbourne's a major city, first off. And, um, well, the, I mean, I'm not sure what it would be. The one thing that I would say is, I mean, they're moving towards summer now in Australia. I mean, you know, we're, we, oh, we are geez. talking literally around the world. So I would imagine there were a bulk of changes uh, before he even got to the football. And, you know, that's, um, that's what makes a lot of these kids remarkable because they do things at a young age that even for those of us who are way beyond that would find pretty daunting so you know for him to do that to chase his dream literally around the world is pretty um that's pretty good stuff you know, and you think, well, my brother's going with me. He's over there. What that you know, Cincinnati and in Fayetteville, Arkansas, are no. a, a good, well, a good piece of Well, they're not hanging part, out, you know? right? Well, and right. neither one of them have time. And I'm sure when they're done and they have time to go home, they do. I don't know when that would be, but um, of course, it doesn't last forever either. You know, this mm-hmm. is uh, they're having an opportunity to chase what they've wanted to do for a long time, and so I'm sure for their parents, it's thrilling. They've got a chance to see him in Dallas and then Oxford. I don't know if they're scheduled to attend another game at any point this season. They came last year, too, for that Cincinnati game. Well, you got to remember, his dad played professionally for 23 years in Australia. So they understand the life. This mm-hmm. is how they were raised. Uh, they were raised to do this. So this is, uh, you know, this is what that family's been about. Well, Eric Musselman's been raised to be a basketball coach under his late father, Bill. We're seeing that right in our front of our eyes every every weekend, it seems like, in Bud Walton Arena when they're home. And SEC Media Basketball yesterday, he's at the podium talking a bunch of things. He said something that really stuck to me when it comes to the complexion and the, the continuity of his roster in regards to freshmen. You know, last year, six freshmen is, you know, it's a little much for me, for sure. We're not ever going to see six freshmen come into Fayetteville at any point from here on out, as long as he's the head basketball coach. Two this year, Bayfall, Layden Blocker, you got eight or nine seniors. I'm forgetting which one it is. Guys, that is going to be what Arkansas's roster looks like, I think, more moving forward. And Kentucky has like eight freshmen that they've got. It's a traditional Tucky team that Cal Perry's got in Lexington this year. Stark contrast between the two. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's the way Cal's done it over the years, and he's had a pretty good track record of success. I know a lot of people that think Kentucky's back and that they'll be uh, they'll be one of the two or three teams to beat in the league this year. I don't know if that's right. I guess, you know, we'll have plenty of chances to find out. But, you know, it, it is a, um, from an Arkansas perspective, I don't know that you can go out unless you just have an uncommon number of freshmen that come through your state or through the immediate area i don't know that you can do that i don't know that that's the recipe that you could have six or eight true freshmen and be top five top ten team you know and again i'll i'll, I'll point back to the teams that were left standing at the end of last year 
older players on a lot of these teams, many of whom, most of whom, were transfers. And right now, that seems to be the recipe. Mm-hmm. And Kentucky still got um, Reeves back, so they'll have a, a veteran guy or two on that roster. But it's going to be complimented oh, they'll be by fine. yeah, they'll, they'll be, be fine. complimented by a bunch of freshmen at this point. That is going to do it for your hog update this morning. It is brought to you by our friends at Mister Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call eight eight eight. Eight Guys, I don't know if you saw the story. Caleb Williams, who's already come out and said he only wants to be drafted by a certain number of teams or a certain team, also is reportedly wanting partial ownership from an NFL team that drafts him in 2024. Uh, this is this is something we've seen players talk about before. I don't know if I've ever seen a college kid that hasn't even been picked out. What do you all think about this? It's laughable. I mean, it's laughable. There's no way it's going to happen. I mean, if it does, you know, somebody's got to be the, you, what is it, Two Stupid Thursday? Two Stupid Thursday. Uh, they're, the post, they're the poster boy uh, for that, if uh, that's that's what I, This guy's not a generational talent. I mean, give me a break. He's a great quarterback. But in any other conference, he, he wouldn't have that trophy. Three if picks Joe Montana up. and Tom Brady made a baby, Jerry he Jones still ain't giving up shares of stock. I mean, that <laughs> just ain't happening. me? I mean, that's a it's joke. Stupid. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Belief in the coaches that we've been able to keep these guys because, let's face the facts, in order to keep your girlfriend and you don't see her for five weeks and she's had a chance to see this guy, this guy, this guy, she going to leave you. I mean, unless you're, you know, whoever, Elvis Presley or whoever. So we've got to get them here. We're trying to get them here, but we got to get back with them and get around them. But I, I commend our coaching staff and the kids that are staying with us because they're loyal and the belief that they have in the football program. But I, it is hard. It's it's really hard. You know, I think Elvis Presley's name was going to be other during the press conference yesterday, but you combine that again with four straight or five straight losses and just not being at home, that's, guys, that's difficult for any college football coach, much less Arkansas. You know, he's got a pretty good staff of, of, of men, and by that I mean good guys, people that are relationship builders. And this is when that is tested. It's when it's called upon. There are certain times, whatever your job is, that I mean, you've got a particular task that is made more difficult. And I think 
it would be dishonest to say right now as he just you know as, as coach Pittman just just said very candidly that let's be frank when you're going through a five game losing streak if you don't have a solid relationship when you've not been at home and you know you're not winning anyway um you got to make sure that relationship's strong I do think he has a staff that can maintain that I'm not naive uh but by the same token I do think it's that staff that gives him a chance to preserve what he's gotten so far. And if you look at Arkansas's recruiting numbers, they've improved every season he's been there. We've mentioned some really quality guys, even all the way out 2025, 2026, two and three years past that have already uh, at least shown interest or committed in, in, in certain areas. That is some positives because we know that Arkansas, the state itself, if you tried to just live off the state's players, you wouldn't win a game in the SEC, so you have to look elsewhere, not just in, in bordering states, too. And next week is important because they can actually get on the road and recruit. I mean, you can do that to a certain extent on Friday night, but 11 a.m., I mean, it's you're, it's not exactly a, it's a quick turnaround, guys. I don't know how many will be out tomorrow. And, and by tomorrow, I don't just mean tomorrow night. But there, there, there will be guys out tomorrow. Uh, and, and as I said earlier, every – Every Friday night, there's a coach somewhere, but I think there's going to be guys out in the daytime tomorrow. I think he said he's going to have four guys out, four coaches out, I think yeah. is what he said yesterday. Well, that make, yeah. And he said he had coaches out last week when they were in Alabama. There was coaches that went to games. So even when you're on the road, coaches still go see games. Um, you know, Sam may take them to a movie or whatever they end up doing, but coaches are working and doing other things. Well, I can tell you, as one who rented a car when we got to Birmingham, that uh, there were a bunch of coaches renting cars going out yeah. watching players that night. And it's not just Arkansas. Everybody does that. That's the thing mm-hmm. I don't think everyone understands is that, you know, when you're in football season, if you're on the road, you're trying to find a player where you you know where you are. I mean, I don't, I don't care where you are. You're trying yeah. to find a player. You're trying to open a pipeline. So they're out on the – they're out watching guys play every weekend. K.J. Jackson is your quarterback committed in the class of 2023. He plays in Alabama. So if I had to guess, I don't know which coach. One coach was probably at his game this past Friday. I'm forgetting. the. I think it's Moody High School, if I remember that right. But if I had to guess, someone was probably at his game. Where Davion Dozier was from, is from Moody, Alabama. Hey, that'd be easy. If they got another K.J., you wouldn't have to worry about yeah. anything. Hey, your job. Like almost 10 straight years. Be 10 straight years of just saying K.J. Yeah. They, uh, there's some excitement level about what you have in the quarterback room in future years with Jacoby Criswell, Malachi Singleton, and then getting K.J. Jackson. We had Doug Amos on last week, Tommy, and he knows K.J.'s high school coach very well and said that's the best high school kid he's ever coached. So that's, I mean, anytime you hear those words from a high school coach, that's pretty positive. Yep, sure is. And, uh, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is one of those weeks that, uh, you know, you, you just hope it all comes together because what you want more than anything is those recruits that you got in to see a win. That's what you need to see to see a Absolutely. win. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, uh, um, you know, you're not putting your best foot forward when you don't win. It's no. not to say you can't get a player when you lose, but you're putting your best foot forward when you win the game. That's for sure. All right, Coach has been, again, outspoken about that this week. Here's why he said he feels like he can say it. I think you get more out of people by just being blunt and straight, and this is what got to happen. I think our kids, some of that portrays a belief in the kids from the coach that I can put that on them because that's the expectation that we need. But I'm just saying out loud where other coaches might or might not. And the end of that's important because a lot of dudes would say that behind closed doors, but he's just kind of saying it out loud this week. 
I've always maintained when your team knows you care about them and when it's reciprocated, you've still got the locker room. And when you've still got the locker room, you can say things like that. You know, when you don't have the locker room anymore, words like that are hollow. They don't mean a thing. Guys can say them until they're blue in the face, and it's not going to change the outcome. I think he's still got the locker room. Uh, I, I, I see no evidence to the contrary. If he does, if he does, this is not a bad thing to say. And But look, these kids can do math. I mean, they know you got five games left. Somehow we got to get to six. That means you got to win four. Can't win four or won't win four in all probability if you don't win the first one. And that's, you know, you need to do that Saturday. They understand what's going on. It's getting that first. He didn't reveal any big, he didn't reveal any new math. No, no, I don't think. No, Tommy, that new math's not exactly the easiest to understand, is it? What Dylan and youngins are learning in school nowadays. It's it's hard to help your kids do your homework anymore. Uh, so. Yeah, it is. Uh, by the way, it is World Student Day. So for all the students out there in any, whether you're elementary, middle school, high school, college, best of luck to you. I'm just so glad I don't have any curriculum that I have to learn for the, the rest of my life. Um, get on that subject, Chuck. So this team's won games this year, but they haven't won a conference game just yet. And again, the positivity, this is not a great football team you're playing on Saturday. Everyone knows that. But getting that first conference win, I think, is also would just be a big bolster, not just for the, the recruiting aspect, for the players to say we can go toe. We've gone toe to toe with SEC teams, but we hadn't beat anybody just yet. You got to win a game. It's just real simple now. Uh, you've lost five in a row. I don't care if it's by one point. If it is, run to the bus. I, I mean, I, I don't care. However, you've got to do it. You have to win this ball game. You're not coming back from six straight losses. I mean, if you do, it'd be the miracle of miracles. And, uh, you know, it's just not realistic to think if you lose six in a row, well, bang, you're going to turn around and win four straight. That's hard to imagine. So, again, he feels like he's got a team that he can be honest with. Say, fellas, I mean, this is it. And, you know, I think when you look from the outside looking in, there's probably that understanding too. Yeah. And you know, again, they go. You know, they understand the situation they're in. We 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 keep going back over this because it's been talked about it ad nauseum. But I just wonder at times is is it too much pressure for this week, or is it the right amount of pressure? I mean, there's no question you because you hear them talking about it. This team is feeling the pressure. It's Mississippi State. It's miss. We're not playing Alabama. Well, we're not playing Ohio State. We're not playing yeah. Texas. If you think it's too much pressure. To beat Mississippi State at home on homecoming when you're a seven-point favorite? It's not what I'm talking about. Then what are you talking about? I'm just talking about the, the pressure to win. It's not about Mississippi State, you know. But but by the way, they you've only won twice in the like last seven times you played them. Jerome Fold. It, there's no there, there well, is no on. there's no this is not hang too much pressure. Hang on a minute this here, week. boys. Hang on. I'm going to stop this car for just a second. You're both right. I mean, you know, both of you, you know, both of you make make valid points. There is pressure to win, and it doesn't matter who you're playing. When you've lost five in a row, yes, sir, there is pressure to win, and you'd be dishonest to say they they probably don't feel it to a certain extent. On the other hand, you know, you're not playing Alabama, and you're not playing LSU, and you're not playing some of the other ranked teams that they've played, and teams that are still in the conversation for the playoff. So, you know, to say that. Uh, the 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 level is going to be exactly the same. That that wouldn't be quite right either. 
I do think there's pressure to win, but I also think being at home uh, is going to matter. I think it's going to matter a lot. And if Mississippi State does not have Will Rogers playing in this ball game, it's going to change a lot of things in terms of the outcome. And beyond that, I mean, Marks, the running back, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, he's their all-time leading receiver as a running back. So, I mean, he, he figures into a lot of what they do in every respect. So if those guys can't play, Mississippi State's going to be at a huge disadvantage. Uh, this is a game Arkansas needs to play well and needs to win. Bottom line, however you got to get it done. When you play a backup quarterback, you can play safer, knowing that that offense probably on the other side is not going to score as many points. I don't know how Sam Pittman will approach it on Saturday if Wright's out there rather than Rodgers, but we did see last year how Arkansas was approached when KJ was not out there, and whether you had Cade Ford or Malik Hornsby. But to your pressure question, Tommy, you put yourself in this position. I mean, you lost five five straight games. So the idea that this is too much of a pressure-packed game for the coaching staff or the players? That's not what I'm saying. And what I'm saying is they're speaking about it more this week. Good. There needs to be pressure on this team. Ty, you're just... Let me. You, you said it was National Student Day, Ty. You're you're speaking from a micro perspective when you're talking about Mississippi State. I think Tommy's talking more macro here. He's saying that there's pressure to win no matter who you play. You know, it doesn't matter if you're playing a directional school from wherever. When you've lost five in a row, there is pressure to win. There's no doubt about that. My, my point is the players, the coaches, everyone's been more outspoken with the phrase "must win" or however they've phrased it. Yeah, to a greater degree this week. Would we all can we can we agree on that, Ty? They've talked more 100%, about that. No pushback. And I'm just my my question is, and my my thought uh, out loud is, hey, is the are they feeling more pressure just because they're talking about it more, or is that even a point? Does it even matter? But it, it's a bit unusual how much they've talked about the phrase "must win" this week. Well, out of the norm, it it shouldn't matter at this point. Even if it does, it shouldn't. I mean, again. You're now in a situation where if you don't lose, if you don't win this week, fan base is moving on to basketball. They're moving on to not Purdue everyone. next Saturday. They're moving on. You're not winning four straight to get a to a lot bowl. of them will, no doubt about moving it. Moving on, a lot of them will. And I don't, exactly I don't. I mean, right. I want to keep talking football for the next month and a half. I do, but if they lose on Saturday, a good point, a good chunk of our conversation is going to move to basketball because people will not have the same care and belief in this football team if they can't get it done on Saturday. And it would not I don't be, think that's unfair. I, I don't I don't I don't think that's and, unfair. And you wouldn't be in this position. We keep coming back to the BYU game. You wouldn't be this position if you had won that football game. But 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 you're stating the obvious. Respectfully, yeah. you're stating the obvious there. And 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 uh, I think I think I think there's a clear understanding of what's on the line. The greater risk to me by losing is if the season unravels and it goes the wrong direction, which many of us believe that's a possibility if you lose this game, what's your case and, and how do you state your case in the portal coming up in December? How do you hang on to the key players you got to have and get them coming back? Sam talked about they've done a good job of holding on to recruits to this point. What happened? I mean, and I mean, I'm talking some worst case scenario, but no one thought you'd be two and five. You're in the worst case scenario right now of, of where you can be at this point. So, if it went worse, that's why this game is so important. Why? That's why there is so much pressure because the things that are immediately around the corner following this season with the portal, your current roster, and your and your current recruits are all at stake. I I believe beginning this week more more than ever. 
They have not. Well, when when you when you back yourself up against a wall, there's 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 pressure every time you play because the margin for error is gone, and that 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 changes the way a team plays sometimes. Mm-hmm. You haven't, to my knowledge, at least publicly, have any deflectors. If you talked about, it. I haven't seen any portal entries. I haven't seen any decommits, and maybe there's some privately that we don't know about publicly. But that is a positive sign because again, when you're having to talk to these kids as your coach are getting quote unquote hit on every single week from other coaches, that's not easy to, again, convince them to stay on board. But that speaks to what you said at the beginning, Chuck, the the men you have on campus and the relationships that are built. And if you win, I guarantee the conversation on Saturday night is going to be a heck of a lot easier than it's been these past five weeks with these recruits that you're still trying to get on campus. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.